Your sacred rebel, Ryan Ayo, talks about things that we're not supposed to talk about, but with a passion for being sacred and finding the important things and the truths in life and the universe. Hi there, it's Ryan Ayo here with Sacred Rebel. This is going to be a podcast for all you sacred rebels out there. And I'll just tell you right now, the genesis of this podcast is about why we don't talk about the things that we should talk about. So I'm going to talk about them and be a rebel, but with a cause. And the cause is the sacredness of life, the universe the far out things that are out there that nobody feels comfortable talking about anymore, like aliens or new age philosophies or alternative therapies and treatments or truth theories or what happens in life between lives, all those kinds of things and a lot more. And everything that I've ever felt like I've had to hide from people and not talk about, is going to be shared here. I'm looking forward to getting it all off my chest as a cathartic place. If you guys like this, great. If you don't like it, and it might not be for you, you feel, feel free to turn the radio off. But I hope you guys enjoy and get something out of this. So let's go and enjoy this journey of being a sacred rebel together. All right, all right, all right. I'm hoping that I'm live now. Let's see here. Um, hi y'all, it's Ryan Ayo, trying to figure out how this restream thing works and trying to go live right now. Let's see, am I live? Am I live? Looks like I am. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, hi y'all. I'm doing a new show on my YouTube, Facebook live, um, Instagram, Twitter using restream. It's pretty cool. You can, um, go live to all these accounts at once. One of the things that I'm trying to do is um, not only do a live, but pull out the audio and do a podcast with this. So I'm doing a new one, and this is just strictly for me, for my heart, to share with you all. Um, I have another podcast called The Flip, which is where I hear, hear your stories about your flips, uh, how you've turned negative situations in your life into positives. Um, but this one is about me getting to share um, more about thoughts that I've had for like 20 years or more and just never really talked about with anybody because they're not really that kosher to talk about in a sense. So I, I'm just trying to find a new format where I can talk and share my ideas, mostly for me to kind of just get them off my chest and have a recording of them. And if people want to listen, totally cool. Um, if they don't, totally cool too. If this stuff is difficult to hear, you can just ignore it. Um, or if it's really resonating with you, um, you can listen. Um, I'm, I'm going to leave comments on and see how it goes. Um, if I start getting any really negative comments, I'll probably just turn off comments in the future. But I just really want to share my thoughts and hopefully it impacts you. And if it doesn't, no worries. So yeah, so I mean, I'm going to talk about uh, all kinds of things. Um, deep dives into life between lives, 
secret space program, extraterrestrial life possibilities, free energy, spacecraft, Tibetan Buddhism, new age mystic experiences, ayahuasca journeying. By the way, all this is stuff that I've either experienced or been studying for years and practicing um, Native American mysticism, shared experiences in altered states, time slips, telepathy, mandala effect, animals getting smarter, kid evolution, rainbow children, spiral dynamics, the work by Byron Katie, forest therapy, light therapy, other alternative healing modalities, dreams. Hey, sweets. Um, can you not be in the kitchen right now? I'm doing a live and it's really loud. Thanks, sweets. Okay. Thanks, love. Appreciate it. I love you. Um, okay. Sorry. Interruptions of life. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, thanks, Tara. I appreciate you saying thank you for stepping into this and sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, let's see. So where was I? Uh, we we're talking about all the things I'm going to talk about. Okay, so other healing modalities, dreams, flying dreams, dream work. Uh, let's see. Psychic and psychics. Um, Kauai mysticism. Moo, Lemuria, crystal under that island the birthing stone, the sacred birthing stone on the island and the portals, Anastasia's birth story. Um, Ryan seeing me, seeing her in the astral plane, um, sustainable communities as social experiments and laboratories, permaculture, sustainability, gardening, natural building, sacred geometry, crop circles, Akashic records and readings from them, the show Initiation with Matthias on Gaia TV, as well as Cosmic Disclosure, um, David Wilcock and my thoughts on him, QAnon and my thoughts on that, Anonymous and my thoughts on that, David Icke and thoughts on that, Sarah Adams and my thoughts on her, insiders like Corey Good, Emery Smith, David uh, Icke, oh, I already said him, hold on, uh, Laura, I'm getting lost in all these words, sorry. Sarah Adams. Sarah Adams is a, a local friend of mine who's a psychic, and she knows a person. Well, she's more of a channeler, and she knows Laura Eisenhower, who is President Eisenhower's great-granddaughter, who's all an, an insider to the Secret Space Program. Pete Peterson, Randy Kramer, Clifford Stone, these are all whistleblowers, especially to the Secret Space Program. David Adair, John Lear, Jason Rice, Tony Rodriguez. Those are all people I've been studying and listening to through various sources over the years. And I'd love to share some of the things they've said that make me really think about life. <laughs> Anastasia, Ringing Cedars of Russia books. Ooh, those are good. Uh, the Alchemist, The Celestine Prophecy. Talk about cosmic history, spiritual ascension. And finally, I have an idea at some point to talk about COVID-19 and the economic situation and more. So these are all kinds of things that I want to just start laying out on the table. And who knows, maybe each one of these topics will have their own session. And um, yeah, I'm just going to kind of lay it all out there. So, um, you know, I just want to say the first thing that comes to mind when I start all this is just talking about how I feel like our culture and our world has been a, kind of like 
controlled, you know, and, and, and with that, we've been asleep to that fact. And it's interesting to me that it's now 2020 and we are past the 2012 idea that we would have had this big world changing event. And, um, we're also going into a, a stage right now where the world is rapidly possibly going to change forever due to COVID-19 and this virus. And so where do we go from here? What, what are the things that are going to be important to us all to pay attention to going on from here? And I, I personally feel like these kinds of topics have to play a part in our discussion and if they don't, we're really going to miss the boat and stay asleep. And I want us to wake up. And I think what will happen when we wake up is we'll force a lot of truths to come out into the public forum. And that will cause um, massive shifts for the positive for our planet. Um, I think the wool has been pulled over our eyes by the elite and whoever those people may be. Um, I believe that it's time for us to demand the truth as a collective. And it's only through discussions like this that we'll, we'll get that. Um, you know, Mark Twain has a famous quote that says, it's easier to fool people than to tell them or to, than to convince them that they have been fooled. It's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. So for people who don't want to believe that they've been fooled, they keep getting fooled. Um, I think there's something to that. I think a lot of people have to justify their existence and the life that they've lived for decades and decades. They've invested so much into it. They've invested money, time, effort, resources, their careers, their livelihoods. They've built their homes. They've built their estates. They've built you know, connected networks of similar like-minded people and if any one of these thought processes or truths was to really seep into their mind, then it might start, un, you know, undoing some of that. It might cause that house of cards to crumble, so to speak. And um, it really is a house of cards that our society has been built on, as you can see, with this world crumbling the way it is after only two months of a closure and all the problems that has caused for so many people. I think it's getting kind of obvious that it's time to talk about these things. So I feel like one of the things I want to mention too is that, you know, people um, who might not want to talk about this too often get very defensive and um, say things that are very negative. And I know that I'm opening myself up to a lot of that. And, you know, one of the things that I want to say too is that I am a white male and I understand that. And I, I, under, I was talking with my friend Rachel Balancet the other night and I had a long discussion with her about how it's not my place in this world to really be on the soapbox anymore. I had my chance with my movie Within Reach, this one back here, where I traveled on bike around to the, um, gosh, it was, um, it was 100 sustainable communities, 6,005. 6,500 miles around the United States. And I, you know, made a movie about it. It was, it was done with my partner, um, um, Amanda Creighton at the time. And hi, Tyler. I see that you made a like on here. Good to see you. Um, 
And so, you know, during that um, time in my life, I really had a, a platform. I had a huge audience. We had like 25,000 followers and huge, huge um, number of more people that probably saw the film worldwide. We're guessing at least 100,000. Um, you know, from all, there was over 50 screenings worldwide. We did over 50 presentations. Um, and just, you know, beyond that, who knows how many people saw it, you know, on the internet, bought DVDs, shared it with their friends and family. Um, and so that was a great opportunity for me to talk at least about sustainability and uh, permaculture and natural building and community more than anything about how sustainable community can really be a way for us to save the planet. Although I have different feelings about that movement now after all those years, not anything negative, but just I'm in a different place than wanting to live on the land in a commune per se, or in the same spot with a bunch of people. I think I'm more likely to be living in my own home with my own family on our own plot of land next to other people who are living sustainably or, or not, but like, for example, maybe in a community, like a town, a small town that has a lot of consciousness to it. So that would be kind of like where we're at right now. And we still very much believe you can do a lot of the things that are embodied in this poster, um, you know, from um, gardening to community meals to, you know, doing shared workshops or, you know, shared knowledge sharing or, um, raising kids together in, you know, not in a communal setting, but like, you know, having playdates all the time and supporting each other as families and, you know, really building a lot more community than we see in this mainstream world today. Although I see a lot of efforts going towards that. And so I'm also wanting to talk about all the positive things that I've seen over the years because it's there and it doesn't get covered in the media for sure or talked about in the mainstream. And so, um, for today, I'm just kind of giving you an overview of all the things that I'm planning to get into and talk about. I'm probably not going to, well, let's see, should I get into anything today? Should I talk about one of these topics today? Let's see. Hmm. Well, um, <laughs> Tara, you said, yes, people get defensive a lot when topics outside of comfort zone are raised. I've struggled my whole life with finding people to talk to and explore existential topics with. Well, Tara, I hope this can be a space where we can all jump on together and do that. Um, I find myself in a place where I need that kind of community too, Tara. And I find that um, I get just too fearful of kind of the, the the comments that I, and hate that I've seen towards other people that talk about these things. For example, David Wilcock, that, that guy, man, he has just been destroyed on the internet. And it's sad because I I actually deeply resonate with a lot of the things he says. I may not always deeply resonate with him as a person. I think he's a he's been learning a lot about himself and he's even admitted that he has the same kind of personality as Trump, which is really self-aware because I I kind of agree with that. But um I have some of those characteristics too, you know, like and and getting back to the being a white male. I mean, that even just that characteristic alone, he's a white male, I'm a white male. I mean, we're kind of at this point in history where it should be women talking. It should be uh, other ethnicities, minorities. It should be LGBTQ movement. It should be anybody and everybody besides me, a white man. But I wanted to say that after talking with my dear friend, Rachel, who's biracial, she's a female, she's beautiful. She's very, very smart. She's starting a podcast soon. So look out for that. Rachel Balance at, I think it's 
rachel.life. If you go to her website, you can find out more. Um, I just feel like people like her need to really be the one speaking for us. And the wisdom that um, I may have may, may, be, may be good, but it, it's not it's not even that important because white men have had their chance in history, you know, but I will say this and here's the point. I think the one thing that is my place to do right now is go ahead and be the brunt of the effort to spearhead this. And then I can peel off and let others take it from there, you know? So like, I'll take the brunt of the criticism. I'll take the brunt of hate or people not being interested or people getting defensive about this. That's fine. I hope that those comments don't come my way. And if they do, I might, disable comments altogether, but I just really want to get this stuff out there and start helping contribute to that discussion. You know, um, Tara says we collectively need to own our stories and own our own darkness and our, and, and your free mind is valuable and needed in this world. Thank you, Tara. I appreciate that. Is it Tara or Tara? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. And so I feel like, you know, that's a really good point you're making there. Um, I feel like our own stories are what's most important. And I actually had this revelation the other night when I was thinking about not talking about all this stuff anymore, um, especially publicly. Um, I was thinking, you know, but who am I to let, what's that Margaret Mead quote or Mark? Uh, no, or is it um, Marianne Robinson? It's, or somebody said it, it's like, who are we to not shine our brightest light for fear of others being intimidated by it it's like yeah that's exactly right like my own story is the only thing i have to work on in this life it doesn't even need to be shared it's literally between me and the universe or me and god or whatever you want to call that higher power that i believe exists it's really between me and that and there's nobody else that matters in this world between me and god because we're all reflections of god right or that greater power we're all the ones that matter because our evolution is important in the sense that I think we're all our reflections or maybe um, mere images of that. Or, you know, um, I think we've been removed from that source and become millions and billions and billions of little particles that are trying to make their way back in. But before we make our way back in the source probably wanted to experience the universe from as many infinite possible perspectives as possible. And each one of those infinite perspectives, each one of us um, needs to have an evolutionary journey of getting back to the highest self. And so right now we're removed and for a reason, and that's because our perspective, everything we're experiencing is important. And so my own, you know, just dismissing my own feelings of, well, I have all these feelings. I have all these thoughts about the secret space program or, um, you know, ayahuasca or Tibetan Buddhism or new age thinking or whatever, like those, sure, they get dismissed by the mainstream, but do they need to be dismissed by me? No, they don't. They need to be explored by me. They need to be shared with myself and, and God. And I thought, you know, while I'm doing all that, why not share it with others? Because, hey, maybe it'll actually help. And I think that's part of the, the problem with the world right now is that we don't have a place in this world where we feel comfortable sharing these kinds of ideas. And during quarantine, we all took to the internet 
and started, you know, sharing more. So I'm thinking, well, I know quarantine's kind of slowing down now and kind of missed the boat on that, but um, I'm glad quarantine's slowing down. But hey, maybe it's my my turn to just open my mind and share my little diary, my journal entry with y'all. So I hope that that is something that can help people. Um, Yeah, so with that, let's see, what do I wanna talk about today? Maybe I'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, let's just, if we're gonna talk about anything, like all these topics, there's got to be kind of a root place to start. And the root place to start for me is um, some evidence that I've discovered a long time ago from a book called Journey of Souls called Life Between, or it's called, actually, it's called, um, yeah, Journey of Souls. And it's about life between lives. And the book, let's see, I'm going to pull it up here. Journey of Souls is by a doctor of Western medicine. Um, his name is Michael Newton, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Newton, PhD. Um, I'll put the Amazon link here. And, um, he wrote basically a book documenting life between lives, um, because he is, a he was a Western medicine, like psychologist, I think. And he did like a hypnotherapy process with people to help them um, kind of find healing through their childhood. So he would kind of, he would hypnotize them and bring them back to childhood. And um, it would, it would create some sort of ability for him to walk them through their, uh, their trauma, their childhood trauma that was causing them to need counseling to begin with. So, or therapy. So he would, really find um, that that was working with people, even as a Western medicine doctor. So that was cool. So what happened a couple of times was he accidentally used hypnotherapy to age regress. It's called age regression. That's what I was trying to remember. He age regressed them back before birth. And they just started describing things that you would only describe as if you were not a human and you were in another realm. And um, he calls it the astral plane or the astral realm, I think. It's been so long since I read this book. So I'll give you just the gist of it. Um, And so he was able to, um, he accidentally did it like two times. And both people who didn't know each other were kind of talking about the same things, like describing the same things and seeing the same similar things. And so he's like, this is really interesting, weird. So I'm going to try to develop a test, an experiment to see if I can do this age regression beyond live life, like to life between lives um, multiple times. Because one of the things he figured out was that people were talking about being reincarnated or living multiple lives, which aligned with like Buddhism and other, you know, Hinduism and other religions like that. So he thought, well, this is interesting. So he basically was able to develop a technique of age regressing people, which went on for his own research for 30 years. I mean, this became his life, his full-time job. And he ended up writing a book with excerpts from the transcriptions of those sessions. And it, he like kind of categorized, like, what did all these people all these years say about heaven? What did all these people say about life reviews? What did they say about um, reincarnation? And then it goes even deeper. It's like, what, what did they say about suicide? What did they say about um, people like Hitler? What did they say about this thing called soul groups? And what did they say about love? And 
on and on and on spiritual guides. And it was amazing to read that book. That book really changed my life. Um, you know, I came from a Christian background and I still really, really love, um, you know, the ideas that are shared in the Bible, um, especially the New Testament. Um, you know, Jesus has been a spiritual mentor for me all my life and a spiritual guide. I still, um, take a lot from the Christian religion. And then I, I also went on to study Buddhism after I read that book because um, the whole idea of reincarnation opened in my mind, like, wow, this is like almost like a scientific book because he really approached his technique with age regression in a very scientific way that was accepted by medicine, Western, that is accepted by Western medicine for therapy then I thought, well, there's something to look into here. And and so I studied, started studying Tibetan Buddhism, um, which is, you know, an incredible, uh, Tibetan Buddhism is even more mystical than just regular Buddhism. And it's kind of like the hippie new age part of, or mystic part of Tibetan Buddhism. And so, you know, my learning and studying Tibetan Buddhism for many, many years, oh, I think five years, and I'm still, you know, uh, I, like Christianity, I still, in, incorporate the, the practice of Tibetan Buddhism in my life on a daily basis. Um, and I, I find that the life between lives is, I really resonate with it. I don't, I, I will never forget reading that book and the other, and the second one, there's another one, destiny of souls. I'll never forget um, just the deep resonance I felt from that book and how I was able to just, for the first time in my life go somebody's speaking to something that I feel deeply in my heart and soul is true. And that I've always felt is there. And it was like, okay, this is, this is something to pay attention to. And, and, you know, and I think that started happening around the same time I was starting to investigate, you know, I call them truth theories about, you know, space program, free energy, like Tesla, stuff like that. So, you know, I was really kind of at that point in my life starting to really open up to there's stuff going on that we don't talk about in our society. <laughs> so that was really fun. And um, it's, it's been a long time. So I really, Hey, Matt Jacobs, how's it going? I really think that um, if you want to explore, you know, what the other realms look like, um, you know, check out, what journey of souls say, you know, um, one of the things that they really resonate with that I think I'll talk about here for a second is this thing called soul groups. Have you ever felt in your life like you've met a, a partner or even a friend that just felt like a soulmate to you, but that you also felt like you'd met a couple other people in your life that were like that. And you just feel like this idea of soulmates is, is true. Like there's these people that you've resonated with so deeply that you feel like you just know them and everything about them. And you almost know, like feel like you've known them for eternity. Well, that's a concept that he talks about in journey of souls and that we're connected with people on the soul level in these things called soul groups. And he kind of maps out like you're, you're in your central soul group, right? And this, and there's this one like group of people that, that are like about 10, 15, 10 to 15 people, maybe 20, and those are the people that you've been reincarnating with for many, many lives. Some of them in that group have been your wife many times or your husband many times or your teacher or your 
mom or your dad or your sister or your brother, but you've lived the or, you, or some of them in all of those roles and they've played every different role. Like, so maybe my wife, Constance, who I believe is my soulmate in my soul group. Do you believe I'm in your soul group, Constance? Yeah, I believe she is um, a person I've probably actually, I feel like we, we believe that this might be the first time we've been lovers. Do you believe that Constance? Yeah. And I feel like in the, in past lives, we've played other roles. Like she might've been my mom or a teacher for me, or I feel like maybe a brother or sister, but she's, I feel like this is the first time we've really gotten to live a life together as lovers. Cause there, it just feels so new. Um, but anyways, on that point, then there's other people in our lives that maybe they feel really deeply connected, but maybe not quite at that soul group level. And that's actually a thing he describes as like, imagine lines going out from this central circle, right? And it's creating kind of like a mandala. And then there's all these other small circles over here. And those are all other soul groups, but that, there might be a person in this other soul group that you're really connected to and that you've seen multiple times in these lives, or they've played a minor role in your life, like a teacher, or even just one of those, like the angel on the sidewalk that saves you from getting hit by the bus, or, and they've maybe done that multiple times for you in their life. Or maybe they're a little bit of a, you're maybe maybe you're a jokester and you like to have fun and they're this person that you just really love and you relate to so every time you live lives together you get together and do fun jokey things or whatever you know and just have fun to maybe just encourage each other lift each other up or whatever and then he goes on to describe there's so many you know i think there's i don't know infinite number of these soul groups right that create the network of the universe and all the souls in the astral plane and there's you know, countless, countless souls. Again, it goes back to that description of God that I believe is that God kind of like sent us all out as an almost infinite number of particles to experience the universe and then come back to him or her or it. And I believe that there's just so many soul groups that um, they're all on different levels. Like maybe some, like I I've heard in that book that we're constantly creating new souls or the universe is constantly creating new souls. So some of the souls that are out there are ancient and all, and those souls that are really ancient have um, evolved almost back to God, or even some of them have evolved back into God, but the ones that are um, still interacting with us, maybe um, made a, made a um, commitment, which the Tibetan Buddhists, religion calls um, the bodhicitta vow, the vow of the bodhicitta, which is to, um, even though they've reached the highest levels before going back into God or the, the source, we'll call it the source, um, they have made a vow to come back and help us uh, ascend or evolve back into those highest realms. So these are teachers and they're very rare and they do come and interact with us and we all have them and they're called spirit guides or soul teachers or spirit teachers and so it talks about that a lot. And and Constance, my wife, is actually incredibly in touch with them. Um, I believe she's probably more in touch with her spirit guides than anybody I've ever seen because she's just constantly calling them in every day. And I see the results of it in her life and our lives and um, the magic that it creates. And, you know, I was actually studying Tibetan Buddhism um, for five years. And part of our meditation, which was a one hour in the morning and one hour at night, so two hours a day, it was a... Um, a call, a part of it was a call out to our spirit guides and our, our elders and our spiritual teachers to come and teach us. And so during that time of my life, I believe I had a lot of contact and help from those really powerful teachers. And I miss that. And I want to call that in again. And so part of this is to remind myself to
get in touch with those peeps. So yeah, so sacred rebels peeps. Um, this is all going to become a, um, a podcast as well. So look out for that. I'll be posting the podcast um, URL here when I get it, um, the audio stripped out and then it published, which will hopefully be soon. And I don't know how often I'll do this. Um, what do you think, sweetie? How often should I do this? How as often as I feel at least at least once a week, if not more, hopefully more. We'll see. But um, I'll try to keep it a regular thing. So when I figure that out, I'll I'll put a note out there on the on the on the internet and let y'all know. And keep your eyes out for this and uh, comment if you want to. Hopefully, productive, constructive things. Let's leave out the hate people and love on people. All right. See you guys. Have a good day and. Have fun with the world reopening. I hope that um, hope that people are having a little bit more freedom and um, abundance in your lives. So, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can check the whole podcast out on ryanao.com forward slash sacred rebel or you can check it out on anchor.fm forward slash sacred rebel and on either one of those there will be links to all the other podcast platforms that it will be on including apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts and more you can also watch live video versions of this podcast on youtube facebook linkedin or twitter You can find all those links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and stop by again next time.